Welcome to All Places Together. Here we believe that our stories are connected to one another and rooted in God's radical love for diverse creation. Wherever you are, whoever you are, however you are, take a deep breath. Here's a story for you, a story named Called at the Table. For many people across time and around the world, tables are central to their lives. The meal table is a central gathering place in our homes. It's where we gather with family and friends to be nourished. It's where we prop up our books or screens to be transported through a story when dining alone. It's where we play games, create and manage the details of our lives. Tables are also important in our working lives, too. Now, I know the infamous line from Hamilton is that I want to be in the room where it happens. I'm quite familiar with that desire. But more than just being in the room where it happens, I think we actually want a seat at the table where it happens. Being at the table in the working world, whether it's a literal table or a metaphorical one, means that we get to have a say. We've got voice and vote in the decision-making process. We also talk about the seats at the table in our government at all levels and other major institutions in our lives and around the world. We debate, protest, vote, and sometimes even act violently to try to figure out who gets to sit at those tables. It's not always pretty. It's not always fair. The process is often unbalanced because it's intended to be that way. So it's clear, tables are where our ordinary everyday life happens and where life-changing decisions happen too. Jesus gathered around tables as well during his life for all sorts of different purposes. Now, the tables were shorter than what we are used to for dining room tables or for conference room tables today. Dining tables in Jesus' day were lower because folks would sit on floor pillows and would kind of lounge while they ate. But regardless of their size and height, tables, who you sat with, and even who you sat next to at the table mattered. Over the next several weeks here at All Places Together, we'll read together stories of Jesus at the table. Each one highlights for us a different way that Jesus shows up for humanity, teaches us how to live in love, and invites us into action on behalf of the oppressed and marginalized. Eating with Jesus is a life-changing experience. At the end of the series, we'll gather around the communion table for our All Places Together second worship service. And you're invited. There's already a place ready for you. Today's At the Table story comes from the Gospel of Mark. We're going to read from chapter 2, so this is very early in the story. So far, Jesus has been established as the Son of God, but people aren't really sure what this means, and he's actually telling people to not really talk about it. Jesus has done some miracles, healed some people, and cast out a few demons, like the basic Son of God kind of stuff. He's also in the process of gathering disciples. 
Disciples meaning people who would follow him, learn from him, and join in his mission and ministry. It was common for Jewish rabbis to have disciples who would learn from them. So this is where we find Jesus today, a Jewish rabbi searching for disciples. I'll read now from Mark chapter 2, verses 13 to 17. This is from the Common English Bible. Jesus went out beside the lake again. The whole crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he continued along, he saw Levi, Alphaeus's son, sitting at a kiosk for collecting taxes. Jesus said to him, Follow me. Levi got up and followed him. Jesus sat down to eat at Levi's house. Many tax collectors and sinners were eating with Jesus and his disciples. Indeed, many of them had become his followers. When some of the legal experts from among the Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why is Jesus eating with sinners and tax collectors? When Jesus heard it, he said to them, Healthy people don't need a doctor, but sick people do. I didn't come to call righteous people but sinners. Here ends the reading. Now, the first thing you need to know to understand this text is that tax collectors were not friends of the ordinary Jewish people. Tax collectors worked for the Roman Empire, also known as the oppressors of the Jewish people. This means that the tax collectors were the agents of the occupation, as some scholars call them. They are kind of like the stormtroopers in Star Wars or the peacekeepers in the Hunger Games trilogy. I mean, they're not as violent. I don't think they would have carried weapons. But this idea that they are agents of the oppressor and work to like make the empire function and keep people in line. Additionally, tax collectors cheated the people from whom they were collecting taxes from and they abused their power on the regular. They would often collect more money than the empire required and would keep it for themselves. This context shows the audacity of Jesus' invitation to Levi and the following meal at Levi's house. Yet Jesus does not let societal expectations of who he should not talk to stop him. Jesus goes to Levi intentionally and then eats at his house intentionally. Jesus has come to bring the reign of God to earth. And part of that reign of God is breaking down the power structures of the oppressors to bring peace, healing, and wholeness. And in order to break down those structures of power without violence, Jesus knows that one needs to change the hearts of those who enforce and support those harmful structures. Jesus seeks to change the hearts of these tax collectors and also the Pharisees. Now you may remember that the Pharisees were a particular group of Jewish leaders who were focused on keeping the law as a way of maintaining right relationship with God. Given that, you should not be surprised that they were appalled that Jesus ate with the tax collectors 
and other sinners. They don't understand it. They would never eat with such people. But Jesus is clear and pretty succinct in his response to their question. It's the sick people that need Jesus. The literal sick, whom Jesus has already started healing, and also those who are crushed by oppression. Then also those who are sick and sinful in their hearts because they oppress. Jesus starts with those who are actively hurting and being hurt. However, Jesus then continues on to those who are doing the hurting. And Jesus loves them, forgives them, calls them to follow him, to stop their hurting, and instead to start to heal themselves and then join in the work of healing others. Now, we don't get to hear what the other disciples think about Jesus's calling Levi and then sitting them down around a table with tax collectors and sinners. A set of brothers, Simon and Andrew, were already disciples of Jesus when Jesus came to find Levi. So I wonder, are Simon and Andrew nervous about Levi? Are they starting to question Jesus, like wondering what they got themselves into? Or do they already understand Jesus enough to go along with this plan? Or maybe they don't understand, but they just trust. I don't know. Any of these things could be possible. But what we do know is that at this table during this meal, these disciples, tax collectors, and sinners get the first taste of what it means to be in a community built by Jesus. People who are politically opposed eat at the same table. People who have a clear understanding of faith and those who have big questions eat at the same table. And all of this happens while other people grumble about it. This interaction will be repeated in so many forms over the course of the gospel. And let's be honest, it's repeated in modern day faith stories too. While I support the drawing of boundaries from those who have harmed us in the past, the big picture of church is one where everyone has a place. The oppressed and the oppressor. The abused and the abuser. I'll be honest, I don't know how this all works out in detail. But I do know that when I say that God loves you, whoever you are this week, I also have in mind the people who seek to oppress me because I'm a woman, because I'm bi, and because I'm a pastor doing these things. I have in mind the people who actively support racism and white supremacy and people who I disagree with on any number of things. God loves them. Jesus loves them, cares about them, and wants them to grow in love and peace in the same way that God loves me and Jesus loves me and want me to grow in love and peace. <sighs> Y'all, it's really complicated. And again, I don't have the answers about how all of that works. I do imagine that we could follow the example that Jesus shows here, sitting down at a table and talking things through, sharing a meal, and praying together, talking about what it means to follow Jesus. That could be a first step. 
So instead of a litany of clear-cut answers, I have some questions for you to reflect on about this. So I wonder, where do you see yourself in today's story? Are you the tax collector? Someone who is coming from a place of power and is seeking a change of heart and action. What is it like to have this invitation from Jesus calling you to a new way of being, to a new life? Or perhaps you are someone who is already following Jesus and you're wondering what the heck is Jesus up to? I wonder what are the barriers that are preventing you from wanting to come to the table with people that Jesus is calling? Are those boundaries that you need to honor? Or are those encounters that you can begin to have? I'll post these questions on social media this week so you can read them and process and reflect more. Maybe even journal about them. Then, if you feel comfortable sharing your responses, I'd love for you to reply on the post or even private message me. The beginning of my answer to these questions is that I think I'm like both the tax collector and someone who has been following Jesus. I've got so much learning to do, and at the same time, I know that I am on my way. Maybe you find yourself in this middle place, too. Each of us will see ourselves at a different place in this story. Each of us comes with our own experiences, wisdom, and hesitancies. And yes, each of us is called. Each of us is called to the table by Jesus. for being called to the table. Holy God, for many, Levi was an odd pick for a disciple, yet you loved him and called him by name to follow you. Likewise, we too may be odd picks to be your disciples. We aren't perfect, we don't have every answer, and we certainly don't always get along. These days, being in the room with someone we disagree with may be a difficult task enough, let alone sitting together at a table. Yet you still call each of us by name. You call us to the table. You loved us wherever, whoever, and however we are. And it's this love that heals our broken hearts and opens our minds to others. As we join you at the table, help us to see your belovedness in each person who is there with us and in each person who is on their way too. Grant us hope for the future, for tables big enough for us all. Amen. Thank you for joining us at All Places Together. If you heard yourself or someone you know in these stories today, we hope you heard God too. 
As I mentioned in this episode, today we're kicking off our At The Table series. This will carry us through to the end of August. So on Monday, August 29th at 7 p.m. EST, we'll gather at the All Places Together Zoom table for communion. The details on how to get that link will be shared closer to time, but I hope you'll mark your calendars now. The table is open to anyone who wants to come. We'll share communion for those who want to partake. If you're a member of another congregation, you're more than welcome to join us for just that night. I hope to see you there. I am ever grateful to our mission partners, the Virginia Synod, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and supporters like you who have already shared generously with All Places Together. Your financial contributions enable this podcast to happen and for the love to spread. If you've not made a gift before and you'd like to, please go to our website, allplacestogether.org. Scroll to the bottom where it says Give to All Places Together, and you'll be redirected to our giving platform. I want to say a quick thank you to Trinity Lutheran Church in Roanoke, who had me lead their worship this past week and also contributed to All Places Together as a way of saying thank you. Thank you for your gift. It was wonderful to be with you all. We know it can be hard to give financially, so we celebrate all of the ways that you share the stories of All Places Together with the people in your life and engage with the community throughout the week. I know it's a holiday weekend, so you might be seeing family and friends that you haven't seen for a while, and it could be tense. So I hope that you hold grace for yourself and for them too. And don't be shy about recommending your favorite All Places Together episode to someone over the barbecue and over that corn on the cob. Be safe, everyone. And until next time, remember that God loves you wherever, whoever, and however you are.